Hello people, welcome to the community of the Growth Mindset Podcast. Guys, if you are a first time listener, don't forget to subscribe on whichever platform you're listening from so that you don't miss on more interesting episodes coming up in following weeks. And for our daily listeners, here we are again with a new episode where we will interview another interesting personality from a unique industry and understand how they were able to accomplish this great level of success. Remember, this is a podcast where we learn easy, practical methods and tips that we can implement in our daily lives from the very best and the most successful people known today. Because as we all know, success leaves clues. And we, the people having the growth mindset, will use these clues to create a better, more fulfilling and a successful life. So, let the growth begin. Maria, thank you so much for taking your time out and uh, joining us on the Growth Mindset Podcast. It is a pleasure to have you here. It is my pleasure to be here. Awesome. Would you like to tell people a little bit about, you know, what exactly you do and uh, what do you stand for? Oh, good question. The thing I actually want to tell you is that I'm Norwegian. (laughs) (laughs) That's the proudest part of me. Um, But I've been living in Sweden mostly for the past... Uh, 10 to 15 years or so and also been spending a lot of time in the u.s and in actually thailand um, mm-hmm. and kind of like around asia um, and what i do is that i run changing attitudes and it's like a lifestyle brand you could call it and what we do is basically we educate on sex buying and uh, porn and so i've been like doing that work so it's like educational and prevention work uh, meeting with young people, sharing facts and knowledge to get, you know, to get, I guess, uh, the word out there and to also, I would say, uh, empower young people to be able to make informed decisions. Yeah. You know, foreign gonna give me what I'm looking for or not, you know? And so for us, it's really about, you know, the facts and the knowledge. Um, and then that kind of led on to the TEDx talk, uh, Let's Talk Foreign. Yeah. Uh, which is all about porn. So, yeah, and that was an amazing journey, I have to say, to be able to do that. And because it's not really, you're not just put on a stage and then let's just see how it goes. You know, it's Ooh. so much work that is like put into this and you have a coach and, um, you know, your your script is just like, it's so thorough, you know. Mm. Uh, every word is like um, really like chosen for, mm. um, yeah for what you want to say. And so, yeah, that was an amazing journey. And since, since then, I guess it's just been like uh, continuing. And I really see like, for me, in terms of the reach, I see that it's, I guess, far more global now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I mean, TEDx or TED Talks are in English. So, I mean, you yeah. kind of reach, you know, Almost a whole everywhere. lot of people. Yes. Yeah. So that is amazing. Yeah. Perfect. And I've I've personally listened to your TED talk, and I must say that is amazing. It it, it gave me a lot of new perspective as well. Uh, I want to understand how, when did you feel the need, or what 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 got your attention, saying you know, okay, this is something that I want to do. This is something I want to spread more awareness about. When did this happen? Hmm. Um. It actually started when I was I guess I was like seventeen or eighteen, and I had just moved from Norway to Sweden. Um, and I was about to do my final year project in school. And so I kind of chose to focus on 
uh, sex buying, prostitution, uh, sex trafficking. And when I then, you know, realized, because I did like this whole fundraising project and it was like too huge really for my 17 year old, mm-hmm. but self, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so then I was um, doing this whole fundraising thing and basically like just, you know, bringing awareness to my school really. And that kind of led to me realizing that, wow, you know, so many of my classmates don't even know about this. Um, and that's when I kind of, uh, I kind of forced, <laughs> I want to, I want to be honest, I kind of forced two friends to join me, but I ended up marrying one of them. So it's, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's nice. That is <laughs> nice. That was nice. That, that, yes. <laughs> that was an unexpected result. <laughs> but yeah. And actually he still works with me in changing attitudes because we were, like I said, we were three people starting off, just kind of wanting to share about this to our friends. Uh, in our community and then that kind of led on to uh, I guess a growth and yeah so now Changing Attitudes um, is I would say it's like run by youth you know like we're a bunch Mm. of young people um, using especially I would say like social media and digital platforms to really like get the Mm. get the facts straight Um, and we have a lot of merch and we have a lot of stuff just to kind of like make it a lifestyle brand you know got it to make and to like normalize conversations about porn and sex buying. Yeah. Interesting. Now, for people who might not know about, tell us something about sex buying first and then we'll also talk about porn. But what is happening in this ugly world or this world of sex buying? What is happening? Wow. Um, I mean, there is no country on earth that is, um, that does not have a problem with sex buying or Hmm. prostitution. Um, and I would say that sex trafficking is always going to be expressed as prostitution. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then prostitution is driven by demand, meaning it's driven by people who are willing to pay for sex. Mm-hmm. So the sex buyer really is the person with the power here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's also a matter of, I mean, the whole idea of prostitution is basically that you have one person who does not want to have sex. The person in prostitution mm-hmm. and then you have a person who wants to have sex meaning the person who is paying for sex and the whole reason that the sex can happen is because of the money or the compensation yes so it really is a it is a no from the start but it's turned mm. into a yes because of the money or because right. of the compensation so it's a bot or it's a bribed uh yes so I mean, prostitution really is, uh, in many cases, not consensual. Um, it's not, you know, it's non-consensual sex, which is obviously a problem. And um, and yeah, so it's and the people in prostitution are obviously most of them do not want to be there. Most of them are suffering uh, tremendously, and most of them have uh, background stories that would make you lose sleep. You know, it's wow. it's stories of, you know, uh, sexual abuse in childhood. It's poverty, uh, extreme poverty. It's uh, unemployment. It's mental illness. It's uh, growing up in foster care. It's growing up uh, with, you know, violence within the home, et cetera, et cetera. So it's for, for most people in prostitution, this was not their first nor their hundred mm. choice. You know, they would rather do something else. So it's a lack of choice. Yeah. Um but our focus really is on the sex buyer and hmm. the 
you know, I, I really think that if young people are made aware of the reality of prostitution, I think more people would then be hesitant towards paying for it. Interesting. So, yeah. And how do women basically end up, as you said, they don't have a lot of choices in this. Do you also think there is, uh, as per your own research, do you think, is are there instances wherein girls are forced or maybe, you know, a lot of people, girls are kidnapped or do you think that kind of scenario also happens? And what is the probability of that? How many percentage of that are there? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Uh, the, the, um, I would say that there aren't enough people who want to sell sex, basically. So mm-hmm. that is why people are pimped and trafficked into this, of course. Because there are more people who want to pay for sex than there are people who want to sell sex. So that is not matching, you know, it's not adding up. And so then obviously a lot of people will be forced or, um, and I'm not saying everybody then has a gun to their head, you know, Mm -hmm. because there are, there are, you know, areas, gray areas here. um, When we're talking about being forced and we're talking about lack of choice, because you, you can actually measure choice. Um, yeah. you know, it, it, it decreases, it decreases and it increases depending on how many choices you have. Correct. And so for someone who has then grown up in poverty, who has been sexually abused, who has no other options in their world, that is going to be the only then choice, mm. you know, quotation marks. But then, you know, you could say, is that even a choice? You know, if, if that was your only one, of course. Uh, but yes, I mean, people are forced into this, uh, for sure on a global scale. And I mean, some of the, you know, the stories I've heard, um, I remember this one girl, uh, I think I actually told this story not long ago in another podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. just something she's just been on my mind, I guess, lately. Um, and I met her in a, uh, brothel area in a red light district in Vienna, in Austria. Okay. and while we were talking, she was about 18 years old, and I think she was from Czech. Um, mm-hmm. And we were talking, and she was obviously very um, drugged, basically, or okay. drunk, or like something was really off. And it was like a scene from a movie, like it was raining, uh, right in the middle of this busy um, street where a lot of women are lined up, um, and all of the women would be separated into depending on uh which country they were from that you know decided where on this street that they were supposed to stand and so she was in the you know the czech department kind of and she when she you know once she she saw me she actually kind of like ran towards me and just grabbed my hands and we just stood there in the rain wow and she just looked at me we couldn't even like she didn't speak a word english we couldn't talk um yeah we just stood there and her pimp would just hover over us like he would circle around us uh like an eagle you know looking for its prey basically he would whisper in her ear what i understood to be threats really like stop talking get back to work you know um so eventually yeah eventually we let go and i i never forgot her so that's just one of the many many people that i met that i would say uh definitely had someone else controlling um, the situation. Hmm. So this this is basically happening. Let's say a uh, people from poverty where they don't have a lot of choices, and uh, they think that okay, this is the only way out. But do you have any recommendations for uh, for women who can save themselves from this kind of scenario? Do you have hmm. any advice for them? 
Uh, that is a good question. Um, I mean, as long as we have people who are willing to pay for sex, it is always going to be people who are then uh, bringing others into prostitution to make money, you know? Mm-hmm. So the, the, you know, um, the responsibility uh, really has to be obviously on the buyer. Uh, but for people in prostitution, there are several in different countries. There are uh, multiple uh, exit programs um, which you could, gen, you know, uh, I guess reach out to um, mm. and to get help. Uh, but I mean, that would depend on the country and also like the legal status as well. Mm. Like, is it how is you know how is it viewed and and so on? Like in Sweden, we have a law called. Um, I would say it's mostly in you know. Um, famous for being called um the nordic model or the swedish the swedish model even but it's basically a law that prohibits the buying of sex but not the selling of sex uh which then Mm. would place a burden upon the person who is buying you know correct um yeah so instead of like having people in prostitution be not only vulnerable but also criminal you know that is a problem so in sweden you know we have a different approach to this uh, and then that also leads to exit programs uh, being installed for because we cannot only just say like, oh, you know, prostitution, um, you know, it's harmful. But then what are we going to offer, exactly. you know, out of prostitution, but into what, you know, you have to offer something. So exit programs is a possibility. Um, but I mean, it's a matter of how you were, you know, your family as well. Like, I really think because. I hear this a lot because I don't have any kids of my own. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, sometimes parents will come up to me and say, oh, you're doing such a great job. And, you know, uh, I'm doing nothing. I'm just home with my kids. And I'm like, no, but you are doing the job. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you are taking care of your kids. And I really think that is prevention work, you know, Ooh. above anything. So to take care of your your child really is a way of, making sure that they are never ending up in, in prostitution. Exactly. Um, it's, it's really decreasing the risk, yeah. True. And these are two very important points that you mentioned, wherein, you know, if we try to control the buyer, you know, like, let's say, if, if that demands reduces, obviously, the supply also is going to decrease because we are not asking for it and they're not going to deliver. And I like the, like the way how you guys are approaching it the other way around because this is something that I never flashed in my head as well. Right. So when I, this is something that I understand, I recommend all my listeners as well to kind of understand if you really want to focus, if you really want to have a change, start from yourself first, understand what are you supporting and then make sure that you're not doing something wherein, you know, you wouldn't like our known ones or our loved ones to be there in that position. And Mm. uh, parents educating their kids, I think that is so crucial and important because let's imagine if we train our kids the right morals that what is right what is wrong what are the things that you should not be going forward and you know where they should there's a thin line between understanding you know what are things that you support because you may say you know i don't support prostitution and things like that but if back in the day you're drunk and you go and you know just pay for some you are actually end of the day supporting it so let us become more aware of this fact that you know the reason most of women as per my knowledge and what i've done research end up because of poverty and end up because they've been sex trafficked, uh, kidnapped. And these are, these are crazy things out there. So let us just make sure that, you know, we are not just for a few minutes of pleasure. Let us not spoil somebody's life because we all live once. Let us do something good that actually, you know, has an impact wherein all of us are loved and cared for rather than just treating 
somebody as a you know just like a sex doll or something i have to say though i think you as a guy talking about this is so important uh mm-hmm. because i think then other guys will listen to you so yeah yeah hopefully that's 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 my intent because end of the day you know it it's on us guys i totally agree that you know we are the ones that need to take charge because when we when we come forward i believe you know everyone is going to have a safe environment uh, that's what mm-hmm. i believe mm-hmm. uh, talking about very another important point uh maria porn and you are yeah. famous at talk let's talk porn so let's talk porn and uh, i want to understand now in terms of porn right what what is one of the most craziest thing you've observed about porn that is having an effect on human beings in terms of the young viewer which is what is really on my heart i would say that porn is really it's rewiring the brain in a way that it would also change your attitudes towards mm. uh different parts um like you know consent um just boundaries uh what is expected of you as well what do you think that you have to do in bed to be a good partner and what is also then something that you would expect from a partner um so it really it changes your attitudes and it changes the way you view even rape and sexual assault um it normalizes a lot of that in a way um so by changing your attitudes it is also at the risk of changing your behavior and changing your actions so i would say that porn i mean eventually porn is going to be i would say or it's i mean it's it is now it's a matter of do we want a society that is uh based on equality or do we want it to be based on porn values basically because that is the opposite thing so mm. we are going to have to tackle this uh one way or another because right now you know having uh having you know 8 9 10 year olds having completely free access 24/7 yes. to the most aggressive material you can even imagine you know there is nothing that hasn't been done in porn you know everything has been done so kids and youth have that access 24/7 and then for you know oftentimes um adults or parents or caretakers aren't talking to kids about it because i mean maybe they think it's something that my kid would never watch you know yeah. and they think this is my kid is never going to see and not my kid you know or it could be a fact of um just basically uh, a lack of knowledge you know maybe you think that well if my kid sees porn it's going to be the playboy porn that i saw when i was growing up you know mm. like a magazine you know like just still images uh so maybe the parents or the caretaker aren't really aware of how actually porn looks like today um you know what porn help is actually offering you know that is very different from the playboy porn um or it could simply be a case of i don't know how to talk to my kid you know I'm just so lost. I don't even know how to start a conversation and I also don't want to if my kid hasn't seen anything, I don't want to wake a sleeping bear, you know? Yeah. So then just quiet about it. But that serves nobody. So I'm all about talking porn. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 you're very right about that as well, right? Like that's a statistics in India also says 9 parents out of 10 actually believe that their kid are not watching porn. Whereas hmm. whereas the other statistics in India say that, you know, uh today approximately 90% 89% of 
people who use smartphones and including mm-hmm. kids who have laptop or desktop at homes are actually watching porn imagine oh, wow. 90% of people actually watching porn and wow. majority of them are on their smartphone so it has actually become so easy for people to get access to porn and that also sets so much you know as you rightly pointed out it, it is rewiring the brain it is scientists also recommend right they they also say that this is as addictive as you know you could say like how a drug does or a uh, 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 drug alcohol because it is triggering the same part of your brain and releasing those hormones dopamine or or those pleasure hormones whereas it also sets as you said you know those those real vivid images wherein let's say when somebody is watching porn for the first time because i'll be honest when i was young i was exposed to it and yeah. those first, that first experience was something which just blew my mind because i did not know what was happening and then when you don't know and you start pleasuring yourself with more and more and more and then it becomes a habit it becomes really difficult to get rid of that behavior and then you know start a fresh life where you know, a lot of people also think uh, this is all records right this is all scientific evidence that people uh, a lot of people also think that you know watching porn once in a while is fine but mm-hmm. then okay what is the intent behind it right mm-hmm. i mean if you're really watching porn and you think this is fine then imagine this same thing 10 15 minutes you're watching some some woman who's been you know sex trafficked or has been a victim of something you're watching her because if you remember uh, the story of uh, mia khalifa like these yes. days she's really coming forward and talking a lot about porn and how she was abused we think as men and a lot of people that you know porn is paying them a huge amount they enjoy doing that they enjoy sex all the time that is why they are doing it but the story is totally different behind the scenes they are being tortured they don't they're not being paid they are aggressively beaten that 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 treated like you know really as as non humans and that's how they treat them and when mm-hmm. women actually come out of it is when they start talking i'm sure you mm-hmm. also have some stories uh, pretty much similar to that right so have you spoken to somebody maybe a few porn stars who actually come forward and told you their you know some really ugly stories of porn and being in that porn industry yes i mean for sure um and i just want to say i totally agree with you on mia khalifa being like she's so brave i'm just yeah. so in awe of her and what she is basically doing on her own speaking out against the porn industry yeah. and they are coming down on her but she's exactly. not giving up and i'm just like i'm in sweden just cheering on <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah she's so cool um yes i have i've actually been spending a lot of time in um in the us uh these last couple of years um speaking to people within the industry so i've spoken to spoken to people like in front of the camera and then behind the camera so mm-hmm. producers or you know directors and and i mean i've heard i've heard i would say stories from the whole spectra i've heard the most well at least it's been told to me as you know a sunshine story like oh nothing bad happened to me this is what i want to do and yeah and so then I'm thinking who am I to actually judge that you know right. then I totally have to respect that and then but again that is kind of like you know well that you know that's not part of the problem then you know what I mean like True. uh then okay fine um but then I've also obviously heard the uh the stories that are quite heavy uh one of perhaps the worst stories that I've heard came from a uh he used to be a porn uh producer um so we started off uh with like quite i would say softcore uh stuff mm-hmm. 
and then that kind of um developed into more hardcore stuff mm. um, and he actually he shared with me he said um you know what i just i got bored you know i got bored with the stuff i was producing so i just had to spice it up mm. um things that happened was that he had recruited he had recruited a young girl into porn um and he told me um that when he first met her he said she had light in her eyes so he could really see like she was alive you know he saw her in her eyes uh but then he said that eventually that light would kind of um go away wow. and it actually the whole uh story it's so tragic but the whole thing um actually came to um came to the point where she actually hung herself she she committed suicide on a playground in LA in California um and he told me that in his mind he was uh part of the reason uh why that happened because she just couldn't take it anymore so she, you know he felt he felt guilty uh for it and so that really i remember i was in a hotel room in la and i he told me the story and it just it hit me um like a yeah it's just um that is so heavy and that is not uncommon like suicide within the porn industry it's not uncommon um yeah. not at all uh and mental illness and and all of that um and one of the the girls that i've met uh she's also she used to be in porn she's actually quit it now but she's told me i would actually say more positive stories um and then that is important for me as well to hear that and to to incorporate that in my whole like view of the porn industry yeah. so that it doesn't end up becoming this entirely black and white issue where i'm not actually sharing the truth about it you know mm. so so i'm really i'm appreciated appreciative uh to everyone in the industry who has opened up and who has shared uh their stories i've yet to talk to pornhub though i've reached out uh, i've reached out to mindgeek who's the company who owns pornhub uh several years ago uh they have not responded and um yes so i mean i'm hoping <laughs> yeah they are the dominant ones right who are actually have that that's a legal company that is actually legalizing and porn and almost every other country and they are you know when when you have a company that is operating on such a global level and then when you try to you know talk to them as mia khalifa let's say trying to you know raising the voice and these are the companies that basically you know make sure that you don't talk because they don't want to show the ugly side of things they just want to show you know end of the day it's a billion dollar company it's not just a normal company that you're going up against and then mm -hmm. if you're going against them you're going against every single individual that is working in that company as well though mm -hmm. we hear different stories people coming in that that's that was my choice yeah there may be a few but is that the truth because end of the day when people are shooting and as per the research as well most of these female actresses are either drunk while while they're shooting or you know drugs cocaine these are these are very common things across the industry and the same applies with guys once they enter they become so aggressive and as you i love the part wherein you mentioned you know people started with that a producer started with soft porn and then he gets into the hardcore and that is how it affects our brain as well we think that okay let us start from soft i'm not doing anything wrong but then eventually through really same those hormones over and again you need to get more and more aggressive you because you get bored of the same thing and then once you're watching let's say soft porn and after maybe a few months you'll be watching some really hardcore porn 
wherein mm. the woman is treated harshly she has no idea she's just doing it for the sake of the money because she wants to feed she has nobody around her that really supports her loves her because once you get into this industry it's really difficult to get out and mm. then the family you had they don't want to talk to you it's all you know you you're on your own and then you have nobody to talk to and then they don't see a way out i mean like once you actually put when 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 i personally think of somebody let's say my loved ones being in that kind of position it is so crazy to think about it right they don't have anybody to talk to they can't go out and the only people that they talk to are basically these producers who want to get the most out of them at every single point of time mm. and we actually mm. coming forward and you know trying to spread awareness so that people can understand what exactly it is when you're watching so that you know it's not just a fun thing there are a lot of other things happening at the back end yeah now people for people who are addicted let's say maria uh, do you have any advice as to if how they can break this habit of watching porn do you do you have any insights on that yeah uh great question i would say um cuz you mentioned it earlier like it functions like i guess like any other drug you know i mean the brain can't really tell if it's been fed cocaine or porn you know it's mm-hmm. we have one reward system and that is going to respond to whatever is being presented to it so obviously porn is going to be highly um you know um it's going to be it's going to offer you such a reward in your reward system like you said with the with the dopamine spikes and all of that um so it's going to be highly addictive as well we know this that the younger you are the higher the risk that something yeah. is going to get you hooked really and i mean i don't know what the numbers are for india or if you guys have any numbers for that but in sweden it's about 12 years old for for young uh, boys to first go online to 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 you know watch porn mm. uh but then obviously some are way younger 8 6 you know 10 uh where others of course can be older as well for girls it's a bit under 14 which is the average age in Sweden mm-hmm. so 13.7 i think you know you have this situation with young people watching something that is so highly addictive and then also so few adults talking to kids and youth about this mm. so you know you have no other input really you know this is the only kind of sex educator quotation mark again that you have yeah. um so but still like with any other addiction what you need to do is that you need to tell someone because mm-hmm. that is first kind of step to them break the you know the cycle of secrecy so you mm-hmm. have to share uh what's going on with someone you trust it doesn't even have to be a parent if you don't trust your parents it can be someone else you know it can be a teacher an older sibling uh you know a friend's sibling or like a friend's parents or you know just find someone who perhaps is a bit older than you and someone that you trust that is i would say the first step uh i would also say that i mean obviously if you do feel like i mean i'm so deep into this shit you know so i totally yeah. i need professional help then that is what you need you know but i do know of a lot of people who have been able to quit it themselves really um so share with someone you know uh, or someone you trust and also try to not fall asleep with your phone next to you uh when you go to mm. bed you know because that could be like a weak moment um also try to put the time and the i guess effort that you put into porn try to exchange porn for something more uh you know more i guess more healthy for you so 
if that is you know a new hobby or an old hobby or something that is just going to put your mind into something else something that's positive and healthy um that's a tip and also this seems to be something that works for many is that you get someone uh an accountability partner Hmm. So let's say I had been addicted to porn and then you would be my accountability partner, meaning you would then perhaps call me once a week and ask me, so Maria, how is it going? Tell me the latest. Have you been, you know, going online for anything? Like what's, what's been happening? And then the whole idea of that is for me to be honest. So I'm supposed to be held accountable. So whether or not I've been, you know, porn uh, surfing or not, that doesn't really matter in a way, if you get what I'm saying. Like the important thing is that I'm, I'm sharing this with you because then hopefully that will lead me to make wiser decisions because, you know, oh, he is going to call me this Monday. And I actually don't want to tell him that I went online and watched this this entire weekend. So maybe I'll just go for a run instead. That's kind of the idea behind it. Yeah. I I love the part uh, about accountability because then at least, uh, you know, you, you know that because most of the time when people watch this, they're doing this in secret, right? Like they're home at alone or in the middle of the night, nobody's watching. And then okay, they think, okay, fine. Now maybe I'm getting bored. So let's go ahead and watch it. But then I also understand uh, a lot of people who genuinely want to get rid of porn, but then they couldn't because of, you know, maybe they have, they have stopped it for a few months. And then again, that it hits them again, right? It just needs that one push. And then you're back to that square one again. And having that accountability partner, I think can definitely help because, Let's say if you have that intention of somebody has an intention of getting rid of porn and they're genuinely trying, it's okay if you, after six months, you watched porn, tell your partner, tell tell that partner that, okay, what, you know, what happened? I actually watched it again. So that you're letting the person know, as well as you, you are also giving yourself that room that, okay, man, I've made a mistake. Let me correct it. Because if not today, tomorrow again, you're going to, so let us not push ourselves back. If you've just fallen, because this is a common trait with any habit, right? If you're trying to build a habit, something, a bad habit, basically, I mean, we go back to it and then we start enjoying it again. But let us be a little, uh, you know, free with ourselves and then not us, not, not push ourselves down, but continue because it's a daily process. We have to daily fight this urge because once you get addicted to it, this is, this is, this is difficult to beat. Yes, I totally, totally agree. Yes. And that is, that is something I always say, just what you're saying now, like be kind to yourself. Um, so, I mean, yeah get back up always get back up and don't be so hard on yourself that you then eventually decide to one day not get back up exactly you know keep on keep on going and keep on encouraging yourself and because the the thing with addiction is that you have to want to quit something to be able to even quit it you have to know that you're addicted you have to acknowledge that to yourself so that is you know that is um such an important step so sure you're gonna fail and you're gonna have setbacks but the important thing here is that you want something and you're still striving to that goal so yeah true true, perfect and what about uh porn destroying relationships as well now uh a lot of people let's say who have been watching porn for a long time they have a whole different uh perception of sex if they're watching it from an early age right they think the woman should be treated as an object and then you know uh you can't basically enact what is happening in a pawn into your personal life. So what do you think are some, you know, negative effects and how, you know, if you watch a lot of pawn will destroy relationships? Hmm. Um, I was actually listening to a podcast uh, this morning where they mentioned this somewhat. 
um, and it just got me thinking um, and just like for you know from what I'm hearing and from the research that I've read and all that I mean it is such a factor in today's relationships and it is too many it could be seen as a um, you know as basically cheating mm-hmm. uh, and so that I mean but that's that's up to each individual couple or whatever to decide for themselves if they want that or not of course in their relationship but I'm like you know the stories that i'm hearing are still a lot of even guys saying you know my girlfriend is watching porn uh and it hurts me because it feels like she's choosing them over me yeah um you know and but yeah but mostly it's been uh girls actually writing me on just instagram sharing um you know um about how they compare themselves to the women in porn and how they then think that you know oh my I saw that my boyfriend had watched this, so I better step it up here. But I don't want to yeah. do that, but I guess I have to. And, you know, so all of those thoughts. Um, so I think it, it, it's bringing a third party into the relationship, creating pressure mm. and like setting a norm. And I would say that's a matter of power because I think that each individual should be able to decide for themselves what turns them on. But now with this whole situation that we got, you know, today is basically the porn industry is telling us what is turning us on or not yeah so we're not even giving a fair chance to to investigate that for ourselves you know the porn industry is deciding for us and so that is lack of power that is lack of sexual power i think today but then also you know the um like the the actual acts that you see in porn as well is of course being uh transferred into relationship uh in terms of choking hair pulling uh, slapping, gagging, you know, spitting, biting, you know, stuff that uh, to, I would say, many would would be uh, violating, would feel yeah. violating. So I, I really think here, like the important thing, obviously, the important word here would be consent. Because, I mean, if you're in a relationship and someone wants to pull your hair and you're fine with that, I don't have it. Like, I'm not even going to mm. think about that. That is not yeah. my, I don't care, you know? Ooh. What I care about is young people who think that I have to pull someone's hair, mm. who think that I have to scream, you know, with pleasure if someone is pulling my hair when actually I don't, I don't even like it, you know, because the porn industry has set those standards. So that yeah. is, I would, that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the part when you spoke about the girls and, you know, as to, they don't necessarily have to act if they're not enjoying something. And then I think for guys also, it, it, it puts a lot of pressure on, uh, you know, because if you if, if if somebody is looking at porn, they see the porn for lasting for forty five minutes to an hour, sets sure. really unreal expectations for guys to to really think of you know lasting that long while they are actually you know making out with their partner because that's that's not everybody's cup of tea and and people don't understand that the porn if was short the video was short that was shot over an entire day or two days it's not just yeah. an half an hour activity wherein the guy or they are basically on drugs or it's a long process and then women expecting me let's say you know that my partner should last because that is those are really un- unrealistic expectations that partners are having from one another because if you don't understand what exactly is the issue you'll not be able to resolve it so i think mm-hmm. as you say you know if we start watching porn it's gonna end of the day it's gonna you know get more and more aggressive you're gonna get more and more aggressive without even we realizing the fact that you know this is something wrong right or like thinking that oh but i chose this you know, mm-hmm. but then not even realizing, no, you're such a product of this, 
not only porn industry, but this porn culture as well that we live in, because obviously porn is going to have an influence on mainstream media as well, you know, pop yeah. culture and, you know, all the music, you know, movies, uh, fitness industry, you know, whatever. So we are so influenced by porn actually every day, even though we don't even watch it ourselves, we're still going to be, be influenced in some way. Yeah. So true. So true. Uh, I know we are coming to the end of the interview, so I don't want to make it, you know, more longer, but I do have two last questions that I want to ask you, Maria. Uh, mm-hmm. So one being from the end, if you want to give, let's say, two advice to all the listeners, okay, uh, it could be anything, basically, mm-hmm. to make sure that they are happy, living a good, fulfilling life, and also getting, kind of getting rid away from these habits, what two advice would you give them? <laughs> wow. Um, hmm. I would say my first advice would be keep it simple, like hang out with people that make you feel good hmm. and hang out with people that you want to, um, to be more like, because hmm. you are going to turn into the, the people that you're kind of keeping closest yeah. to your heart. So make sure those people are people that have qualities that you want to achieve and I guess develop within yourself as well. Uh, I'm really strict on who I actually let into my inner, really inner corner. Uh, And for me, I have um, like, like my mental image of this is that I see, I see a house and a garden and I see a fence and I see the post, the mailbox, and then I see the grocery store. And so I kind of like decide who gets to come into my garden? Who can I drink tea with on the porch? Who gets to come into my kitchen? Um, and who do I only wave to, you know, from above, you know, from the other side of the fence? <laughs> and who will I only speak to at the fruit section? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, that is so like important. Like, yes. So that helps me. That helps me. And then I'm like, that's fine with then having a lot of different people in your life. Like, I'm not all about saying, Oh, you have to only hang out with people that are just so fantastic. Like, no, no, no. Please hang out with all kinds of people and all kinds of different people with all kinds of different mindsets and attitudes and opinions. But make sure that the people, you know, that the people that you're letting into your kitchen are the good ones that you wanna that you wanna be be like, I guess. Yeah. Uh, then I would say the second part would be to uh, be aware of who you're following on social media. I would say that um, because I'm really about following people whose opinions are, you know, the complete opposite of mine. Like I follow Pornhub, (laughs) you know, so of course I follow Pornhub because I want to learn. I want to look at all their live streams and all of that because I'm like, okay, you know, I guess I have something to, to learn here. But I would still say be careful with if you're following someone that every time you see them or every time you see their photos, it makes you feel bad and it makes you compare yourself and it makes you just feel, yeah, just bad vibes, you know, just yeah. go and that unfollow button. Yes. Yeah. This is yeah. something that I always recommend all my listeners. So, you know, on my Instagram post, Facebook, this is the number one tip I give people. Really? Yeah. Unfollow people, people who are not making you feel good. I mean, like that is so important because when, when you open, you know, your Instagram and when you look at, you know, some really a pretty woman who's at 25 years old has some surgery done she looks fantastic and 
a normal woman just checks it around she's like ah man why can't i be like this because she, if yeah. i have to be like if i have to be like i need to be like her which is not true because you don't know when she's waking up how does she look that's all you know at that specific moment she's been groomed and even you can do that but again that is setting so unrealistic expectation let's say somebody has a six pack ab and then i pick it up and I'm like oh my god it makes me feel bad so let us stop following these kind of people so that end of the day our intention towards life has to be you know something that makes us feel good end of the day that is what that matters we are yes. here so let us do things that really matter to us and you know unfollow people that does just just make us feel not enough or make us feel short this is this is the time this is these are like exactly the two things i always point it out so <laughs> i buy on that virtual high five <laughs> yep uh one last question now maria okay before i let you go now this is to do with uh, how can people make themselves more aware uh in terms of uh, porn and sex trafficking any books hmm. you recommend that people should read which can help them understand the real deal of all these things hmm yeah uh i actually i would say um speaking of social media i would say follow instagram accounts that share facts about this uh so that you would stay up to date because i mean a lot of we do that with changing editors as well we always make sure to drop the latest you know research and all that so that is a way to kind of get like the short quick info i would mm-hmm. say it's so easy to share with someone and just like you know discuss and talk about it um and then i would say watch go on netflix and look up some documentaries and even youtube has a lot of good stuff as well and there is a book called uh your brain on porn by gary wilson okay. uh which could be interesting if you're more into what's happening in the brain hmm. uh which i am really interested in as well so i really appreciated that book Yeah, so a couple of documentaries on Netflix, YouTube, that book and then some good social media accounts. Okay. Um I would say it's a good good Perfect. starting point. Yeah. Makes sense. Perfect, Maria. So, thank you so much you know for sharing all that insight about porn and sex trafficking and you know how people can actually get rid of these, how it is starting, how it is going. I'm sure this information would definitely add a lot of value to people who have who might not have a lot of insight on this topic. Uh so again yeah thank you so much Thank you so much for having me This brings us to the end of this episode and hope you at least had one takeaway from this interview If you have any questions or want to talk to me personally you can find me at www.silavatirshad.com See you soon